When you and your mate shared your wedding vows, it was easy perhaps to be caught up in the moment. I'm not sure the gravity of the wedding vow itself ever really uh, settles in if we really truly get it about the commitment until later on down the road. I'm John Fuller, joined by Dr. Greg Smalley and his wife Erin. They lead the Focus Marriage team, and those wedding vows are really a a big commitment, Greg. Um, Which part of those vows do you think people tend to overlook the most and why? Yeah, I think there's a phrase in the traditional wedding vows that says, to have and to hold from this day forward. And if you really ask people, what does that mean? I guarantee you that most people who recite that at their wedding or some version of that, they have no idea. I didn't. Uh, I didn't either. (laughs) But what I love, first of all, to have, it's a verb that means to receive without reservation. Hmm. And so it's not... You're not saying to have, meaning I now own you, you're my possession. Really what it's saying, it's all about unconditional acceptance. You're saying that to have means that I receive all of you, the good, the bad, the ugly, that I want all of who you are, and I receive that unconditionally. And to hold is a verb as well, and it means to tend or take care of, um, like you would keep a garden. And I mean, I thought to hold was like, oh, now I'm going to hold you, (laughs) which (laughs) Which I I know you don't mind. No, not at all. But it really is about us, you know, helping our spouse grow into who God has made them to be and to the best version of themselves. And it says all the days of my life. And so I'm committing to that, which I had no idea that's what I was committing to. Well, that's a, that's a, I think, realization most of us have uh, into the marriage, if, if ever, Uh, about how significant that phrase is. Well, let's go ahead and hear from somebody who's been married for over 40 years, Bob Lapine. Uh, He and his wife, Marianne, are a delightful couple. We've spent some time with them. And Bob, along the way, has counseled a lot of couples. And here he is talking with Jim Daly about the power of true commitment in marriage. Let me ask you, Bob, uh, another concept that you mentioned in the book is uh, the fact that marital love needs to be tenacious. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you compare that to the bulldog. <laughs> I think I get that, but describe what you're going after there. Yeah, it was a Winston Churchill quote. Churchill okay. was the one who said, a bulldog's nose is slanted backwards so that he can keep breathing without letting go. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's a great, you, you latch on and you keep breathing without letting go. It's, it's that kind of tenacious bulldog love that mm. says, I'm in this. The end of the passage in 1 Corinthians 13 says, love never fails, never quits, never gives up. It, it believes all things, bears all things, hopes all things, endures all things. There is this tenacity with love that says, I'm not going anywhere. I've what? said to couples for so many years, I've said... If if I told you today, the car you get when you get married, this is the only car you'll ever have for the rest of your That's life. That's a problem. <laughs> well, two things would happen. First of all, you would take better care of that car than you take care of your car now because you go, I got to take care of this. It's the only one I'll ever have. And you would have chosen more wisely. <laughs> <laughs> the Pinto is not going to make it. But the second thing is when it breaks, you'll take it in and get it fixed because yeah. you need oh, the car. Yeah. Well, if we would start off by saying this marriage is the only marriage I'm ever going to have mm. and so I'm going to take better care of it. And when it breaks, because you'll go see a counselor, go see your pastor, yeah. get some help, get some, you can fix it. Don't just, most couples wait until they've lost hope mm-hmm. 
and they don't know where to turn. No, when things get bad, go and say, look, we need a tune-up, uh, an alignment. We're in the ditch, and we need a tow truck to tow us out. That is so good, and I, I don't know what keeps people from going. Mm. Uh, I mean, it, it makes total sense, you know? Pride there is, is what keeps It's a pride thing, it, it isn't really it? It really is, yeah. yeah. Bob, I was going to jump on that bulldog analogy, because in so many ways, the older I get, the more I realize the Lord's simplicity with life. Mm. He shows us his love through marriage. Through, and what he wants to do with us. Yeah. He shows us humility through child rearing, right? You think you're so good? Well, yeah. I have a couple of kids and we'll see how that goes. <laughs> and the point of that is the Lord's love is like that bulldog. Exactly. He's never going to let go. Yeah. In fact, Paul says that. He will never let you go. He's got you. And what a great confidence we have knowing that we are safe and secure. When, when a couple knows, look, I'm not going anywhere you're not going anywhere. There's a security here. Now, we've got issues and we can fix them, but I've said to couples over the years, when you pull out the D word and you say, you know, maybe it'd be better if we'd never gotten married. Right. Or maybe we, we ought to get a divorce. What you've done is you've threatened the entire foundation. Now nobody feels safe in that marriage anymore because mm. if I do something, you may be out of here. But when Marianne knows, I'm not going anywhere. We're, we're stuck. I'm not sure how we get out of this. We're going to get some help but I'm not going anywhere. You can't get rid of me, Yeah, and, and I'm here for you. There's a safety and a security there that says, okay, we can get through this. You know, Jean and I had that early moment, second, third year of our marriage, and it was, you know, I said to her that it's either gonna be miserable or happy. Yeah. So let's choose happy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But there's no exit plan. That's right. And uh, mm -hmm. that's the truth. Uh, bottom line, it's impossible to love our spouse unconditionally. I mean, maybe in heaven, <laughs> you know, right. we're going right. to have that ability to express unconditional love because we'll get it from the Lord in that perfect environment. But in this life and the way we work and the way we operate with the sin nature still at war with our spirit. It's hard to be unconditionally loving toward everybody uh, unless we have that regular supply from God. And it's still going to be imperfect even in that environment. Well, but that's, perhaps we'll get to 98% octane. <laughs> Describe what you were telling us there in the book. Yeah, there, there is this ongoing war that will be present. Our, our motives will always be mixed motives. We can say I'm yeah, doing this so sacrificially, true. but there's always this little hidden what's in it for me. That's just a part of it's endemic to the human condition. But couples need to understand that our love for one another needs to flow out of the, the supply of love that we receive from God. Now, I, I think a lot of times couples think, okay, I can love you. As long as you fill my love tank, then I've got love to pour back to you. And we just kind of slosh our love tank love supply right. back. Well, the problem is some spills out over time and we got less and less to give to one another. We can't depend on each other as the source for the love we give to one another. Boy, that's good. We have to depend on an outside source. And so I, I think of this like I think of, I don't know if you ever grew up with a cistern or with a rain collector, you know, but but a cistern is where you'd fill up the, the water supply for the house with the rain that comes off the roof. And if it's raining, well, then the cistern's full and you got plenty of water. If it's a dry season, the cistern dries up. The good thing about God's love is he rains it. He pours it lavishly on us so that we always have access to an endless supply of God's love for us. And it's out of the overflow of God's love for us that we spill it out onto one another. 
So if you're saying, I just don't feel love for my spouse, I would say, go fill yourself up on God's love. Get God's perspective on your spouse because God loves your spouse. Fill yourself up with God's love for you. Get God's perspective of his love for your spouse and then let God's love for you, poured into you, spill out onto your spouse. And now you've got a whole different love source for your marriage. Well, Bob mentioned relying on God's love so you can better love your spouse. Uh, Aaron, Greg, practically, what's something that helps you to rely on God's love and not just kind of power on in your own strength? What was powerful for me was actually looking up the word rely and what it means. Yeah. It means to depend on with full trust or confidence. Hmm. So I think that's such a perfect posture to have with God is that, that I really can depend on him with complete trust and complete confidence. I know that he's never going to leave me, and I know that he always has my best interests in mind. doesn't mean I'll get what I'm asking for, but it means that he's wanting to grow me more like his son and, and that's, I think, the ultimate confidence. He loves me unconditionally, and he's always wanting to help me grow. Mm. And so I think for, for me, what's been good is, is to remember that relying on God means that, that I'm constantly seeking after his truth. And how that shows up is that, let's say that Aaron and I have a, have a hard interaction. So, you know, we get into a conflict, or she makes a comment or something happens, instead of me really believing I know exactly what she meant by that and then going down that road, you know, of, of going, oh, yeah, that's who she is, and she's always like this, and, you know, blah, 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 it's, it's really turning to the Lord and going, God, actually, what, what is true in this situation? Um, help me to understand your truth about Aaron, about me, about about us. And what I've found is that instead of giving Aaron power to be the source of truth in my life, depending on God means that I let him be the source of truth, mm-hmm. which, he, which he is. Yeah. And there's a way in which what that does for me is that it frees me from having to argue and defend and debate Aaron on what she said or how she felt. You know, it, it really frees me to go to the Lord and go, okay, God, you help me understand what is true yeah. in what she's saying. And then I can come back and, and we can have a conversation based on God's truth and not hers. Erin, how do you feel when you know he's done that? I love it because then I don't I don't want to be his source of truth. And so when he goes to God and the Holy Spirit convicts him about something, because I'm so confident that he will, <laughs> I love it when he comes back and goes, you know what, you were saying this, and this is what God said to me. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, good. I'm glad he said that because mm. I don't, I don't want to be... Um, the deliverer of God's news. I want God to deliver that. And I know for me, it's so important that I am in God's word. And it's amazing to me. I'm studying uh, Old Testament stuff right now with my Bible study, Second Kings. And it's amazing to me how much you can pull out of examples and God's word and apply it to marriage. Hmm. Who would know Second Kings? Um, even today, we were studying Elijah and Elisha, and how Elisha was so faithful to Elijah. And it just made me think, you know, gosh, if couples understood that, and if I continue to remember 
the faithfulness that God is calling me to in my marriage. Wow. You know, that is just powerful. And who would have known two men who were traveling together and, you know, back in biblical times, just the faithfulness in their relationship just really spoke to me. And so mm-hmm. I think just so many ways God uses his word. It's alive, it's active, and it transforms. Yeah. Well, I so appreciate your hearts and the way that you are grounded in God and in his word. And we want to encourage you to uh, read through the scripture and take Aaron's advice to heart. Look for applications out of what you're seeing in there for your own relationship. Now, certainly we'd recommend the book by Bob Lapine for married couples. It's called Love Like You Mean It. And we're making that available for a gift of any amount uh, to the Ministry of Focus on the Family. Donate today, either a monthly pledge or a one-time gift, and uh, we'll send that book to you. I know it's going to encourage you. We'll link over to donation opportunities in the show notes. Also on the website, we have the entire conversation with Bob and Jim Daly. It includes what you heard today and so much more, and we'll link over to that in the episode notes as well. Next time, we'll hear more from Bob Lapine. He's going to be offering hope to those who didn't have a good marriage modeled for them by their parents. For now, on behalf of the Smalleys and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.